Before we get into this episode of Conversations with Dwyer, I want to invite you to check out themattdwyer.com. There you can find merchandise like t-shirts or phone cases with the logo created by Charlene Yee. And you could become a Patreon subscriber. $5 a month gets you everything you could want. There's bonus material, videos, extended interviews, blogs. I sometimes do a podcast that solely lives on Patreon where I talk to comedians about the music they like. TheMattDwyer.com. Explore it. Also, all social media is there. Thank you, and enjoy this episode of Conversations with Dwyer. Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast. And speaking of music, that song that played me in is called Lazy Eyes and Dune. It's from the self-titled album by La Luz. And my guest today is the person who is the front person for that there band, Shana Cleveland. And this is a great episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, that album recently just came out on the October on the October 22nd, 2021. I went to correct myself when I said the October, and then I decided I'm going to say the October because really, the October is the best month there is, and it should have, it should just be called the October because the weather starts getting nice, or at least to how I like it, and there's Halloween, and it's a good month. So the October from now on, that's what I'm calling it. Anyway, the album came out October 22nd on Hardly Art, Records. Links to buy that album are in the show notes. Uh, you could buy it on vinyl, cassette, or digitally. I'll put the Bandcamp in there so you can you could choose. And if you buy the record, you get the digital download from Bandcamp anyway. Uh, I often hawk Bandcamp because it's my favorite way of buying music. I probably ninety percent of the music I purchase is on Bandcamp, or then I go to my local record shop because I like to support local stores. So there you have it. Um, I'm a bit fried right now. My wife, my partner, has been out of town. That's the same person. I don't have a wife and a partner, just in case you got confused. But I've been juggling two kids and two dogs for two days so far. She comes back today. But man, I don't... Single. Pa- I don't know how people are single parents. It is tough. Good thing our country does a lot to help people out with their child care. Oh, wait, they don't. I seriously, I don't know how people do it. They have all my sympathy and empathy in the world for people who work a job and take care of kids. Man, oh, man. And we don't have family around. I can't go and dump my kids off on my mom. Uh, I would like to. Maybe I'll just take them to somebody else's mom and just be like, let's pretend these are your grandchildren. And then I'll run away. <laughs> anyway, uh, please buy the record. Uh, if you go to Patreon, you can watch the interview. You can see her faces. She's got a really great um, living room that she's recording in. And a hat in the background that I really want. So you can know what I'm talking about if you become a Patreon subscriber. Also, if you need a website, speaking of websites, I have one, themattdwyer.com, and you could go to my episode page and see all the past guests I've had. I've had a lot of great episodes, a lot of great guests. Van Dyke Parks, do you like the Beach Boys? Van Dyke Parks wrote the lyrics for uh, Smile. There you go. Uh, Wayne Coyne from The Flaming Lips. I've had Danita Sparks from the from L7, two of the fine people from The Coat Hangers. It's a long list of people. But my website was created by my partner, Kelly Ardwire, and you can go to kellyardwire.com, and she will build your website. She also does websites for, like, My Favorite Murder, that really super popular podcast, and um, Ologies, which is another super awesome podcast about science, which I love. It's a really great podcast. Um, so if you need a podcast, go there. That's also in the show notes. And other than that, I'm going to stop talking so I can get to the other part where I do some talking, where I talk to Shana Cleveland from Lose right now. (laughs) 
did you did you want to get out of LA or is it just more like you needed peace of mind in Grass Valley? Yeah. I just felt like at the time I was touring all the time and my partner Will is a touring musician too. He's in the band Shannon and the Clams. And so we were both touring all the time and we weren't really taking advantage of LA and, uh, but we were, you know, we had sort of the drawbacks of LA where we were paying a lot for rent and we had a bunch of roommates. And so we were like, well, if we're not really taking advantage of the city, maybe we should just live somewhere that's really peaceful because we were always in cities to work. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of the idea is that we would just live somewhere that felt, um, like a escape from, from our life of always traveling around in big cities. And you had a kid, correct? And yeah. Yeah. Two years ago. Um, oh, two. Yeah. He's two and a half now. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was, that wasn't like part of the plan or anything. <laughs> hey, I, I know that. I know that plan. Well, <laughs> I've, I've been there. I am there. <laughs> how, how old are you? How many, do you have more than one kid? Uh, I have two. My oldest will be six in November. And then my youngest, they're both girls. Uh, which I always feel weird because I'm like, I don't know that that's, they, they might not think that, <laughs> but, uh, uh, the, uh, she, the youngest is a year and a half. Oh, okay. So, cool. and it's, yeah, I mean, we, we probably would have done it eventually, but it was like, we, we got married, we had a soaking tub in our hotel room. And I think you could do the math on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to make that decision though. I mean, I think. I think if I, if it hadn't happened on accident, I don't know if I ever would have done it because it never really felt like the right time. You know, it's never like, okay, now is a great time to have a kid. (laughs) Right. (laughs) As the world begins to crumble. Let's. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think too, I was kind of sort of like you, I mean, you've moved around a lot and stuff and I just sort of felt restless and unsettled. So to, I think it was just the best that it just happened. And, and she's great. Like I couldn't ask. Like I'm like good. I because I might not like the other one. <laughs> like the other chance. Like she, she's like really funny and smart. And it's just like this g- endless gift. Yeah. Did it yeah. fuck with your head at all? Like when you because like I I will put this in context so it doesn't sound awful. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like I. I I didn't have time to prepare sort of that you were going to have a kid. So there was this sort of like, well, I'm in it, but also there's like no, this like period of adjustment where you're like, say goodbye to your old life of being for me, Mm. fuck off. (laughs) And then you're just sort of in it. And I kind of had an identity crisis for a while. Did you have any of that where you were just like, who am I now? Yeah, I think, I think for, uh, as like the person who was pregnant, I think that that was, that I really understood that in a different, like now I understand that in a different way. I was like, that was my adjustment period, you know, cause it kind of took me out of normal life. Um, being a pregnant person is just so weird. It's just like, it felt just like being an alien, you know, walking in this foreign land where everything was, I don't, I was just in a weird headspace the whole time. I think just, um, and it was sort of a transitionary headspace in retrospect where I was like, okay, like I don't care about the things I used to care about. I'm kind of, um, most, you know, focused on, on this baby and what's going on with this baby, because it was this great insane mystery happening to my entire body. So, um, so then when I became a mom, I was just like, okay, this is, um, you know, this is just like the next step. Or like, I already feel like I left, you know, society (laughs) (laughs) country so it was kind of like you know okay I'm isolated now I'm like isolated mentally and now I'm just like "Eh, I don't know it's all kind of been a natural transition I think in a weird way yeah because my partner felt the same like granted she had that thing grow inside of her so there's that more of awareness where I I think there's a slight disconnect as a guy go figure guys disconnected and not as smart but <laughs> but like she even felt like there was this like period of like who am I now like it's like a because we're both creative and it's just you know it's a total like one you know one day you're day drinking and the next year <laughs> yeah yeah I think yeah I definitely at, you know, I 
after having my son, I was, I, there was definitely a couple of weeks where I was just like, you know, the, the whole, uh, postpartum depression, which for me, it wasn't, I think just because I've, I don't know, I've always been an artist. I've always dealt with just kind of like, you know, going back and forth with these extremes and just kind of using that to, to fuel my creativity. And so it, it wasn't really a dark time exactly, but I did feel sort of like I am a worthless, you know, human sack that has no purpose anymore. You know? <laughs> you know, like what, a, you know, I'm like basically like invisible, like nothing being after, uh, having him. And then I came back and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I, I, I you know, I'm back from that place. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I did just to say, I did have like a weird transitionary period for sure, but I think it was, it was just your hormones just go insane after you give birth. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think that it's sort of inevitable that weird, uh, identity crisis on some level. Yeah. Did you feel, it affected because there's that myth of like a lot of artists say like, Oh, you know, don't get married. Don't have kids. It's, you can't be creative. And I'm like, why? Like what? Have you heard people say that bullshit? I guess so. I think I've never really, I've never really paid attention to that. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't really know that in my head. I just yeah. remember like it, it, it stuck out clearly to me because I heard two guys talking about it in a coffee shop as sitting next to my partner and I with our baby. And I was like, motherfucker, you don't oh. know shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, kids are, t- I don't like my son says things every day, 10 times a day that I could never dream of thinking, you know, I mean, he's, he's so, he's so much more creative than anyone else that I, that I know, you know, in my, that's my age because he's just so free in that way of, you know, his, his limited knowledge <laughs> of the way that things are supposed to be, you know, makes him such an inspiring person to me as an artist. So yeah. Yeah. That's, I sorry. don't agree with those guys in the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. My daughter says like really poetic things. Like once the sun and the moon was out and she was like, Oh, the moon fell in love with the sun and it decided to like I don't like they got married or something like crazy where it was like that's why the moon was still out as they fell in love and I was like I was just like wow what a cool connection (laughs) you little poet (laughs) totally it's yeah it's so cool to really tune into that stuff and I yeah I feel like I could I could easily come up with you know an album based on just things that he says I think you should do that yeah it's, I mean, yeah, I think it, it could be a cool kids album, like a, an album that a kid basically wrote, you know? Yeah. Did you, do you see those aspects of yourself from like your childhood in your kid? Cause I see like those, not to sound like dramatic, but like, oh, I used to be that wide eyed and bushy tailed about life. <laughs> I don't know where that went. I hope I can find that through you. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, that's kind of why I fell in love with my partners. I think that he's kind of still like that. And I think I'm still like that to some degree. And we've, yeah, we've both tried to kind of hang on to that, you know, child, childlikeness <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, it's nice to have it because she's so enthusiastic about everything. It's just like, it's nice to have that reminder of like, oh, you could just be fucking excited about toast (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's and then there's the downside of just like getting so mad about toast you know yeah i I get mad at toast sometimes (laughs) do you i saw that you lived in chicago for a while and i'm just from i'm from chicago so that of course took an interest uh, yeah, I went to school at uh, Columbia College. I sort of did. Cocaine kind of made me not a- attend okay. a lot of class. <laughs> but, so, yeah, how long did you go there? Oh, b- about a semester, if that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a long time ago. But what did you go from Kalamazoo to, to Chicago? I did, yeah. Uh, what was a appealing about Chicago. I just, I saw that you said it was like, you feel like you've got your real education in Chicago. And I didn't know if that was like from living in the city or from Columbia or like a com- combo. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think a combo for sure. I think I, Kalamazoo is not 
as small of a town as I think it sounds like it is. Like the town that I live in now is probably one fifth of the size of Kalamazoo. (laughs) But, um, but it is a, you know, fairly small town. And when I moved to Chicago, it was just, you know, just being on my own for the first time and Columbia, it does have dorms, but, um, as you know, it's, it's sort of a, there's not really a campus. Like the campus is just downtown Chicago. Yeah. So just being sort of totally left to my own devices in a big city where I didn't really know anybody or, um, you know, like know how to do anything. I think that that was, that was a huge education. Was that terrifying to go? Cause, and some of Columbia, I don't know which building I went to sixth street a lot. And at the time it was, street. it was like with a theater there was the theater building and I think when I think it was sixth. it was like pretty so but it was like you know it was pretty rough and tumble and I didn't know if like if that was still that way when you went there because you were there like two early 2000s I think 2000s um I think yeah I don't I was mostly on Michigan Avenue on like the I think it was kind of like the main campus South Michigan Avenue, I think. And then there was another one that was also on Michigan Avenue, like a block or two away. I think I was mostly on those. And then I, I was the, that must have, I did photography at first. And I think that the photo studios were in one of those buildings. And then I did, I switched to poetry and that was on Congress just a few blocks away. But yeah, it was all in that South Loop area, which felt very, you know, there were a lot of big hotels there and um, it didn't really feel rough and tumble as much as, um, you know, you're kind of close to, you're across the street from Grant Park and, you know, Buckingham Fountain. And it felt like not so much touristy, but um, there was a lot of, you know, foot traffic and um, a lot of like, I would, yeah, I would just go to, I would go sit by Buckingham Fountain and just eat lunch and kind of walk around the park a lot and go to the, um, Lake Michigan by where those huge cement stairs are Yeah, by the aquarium. And yeah, just kind of walk around the places where, where tourists hung out and, and, uh, workers. Yeah. I used to, I could just walk around that city forever. Like, I don't know. Oh, I miss that actually. I, I love walking, just walking around cities. Yeah. I, I would take the bus or the train if I absolutely had to, if not, I would walk like three miles home. Like I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And if you'd just pop into a pub, if you got a little cold, <laughs> yeah. have a little yeah. whiskey and then move on. That fe- that feeling where when you walk into a store, a restaurant or something in Chicago in the winter time, and it's, I feel like all my sinuses just like exploded out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> It was always just so cold and you go into this, like if I was wearing glasses, they just instantly fog up and <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was, I have romantic feelings about just walking around Chicago for sure. Yeah. Especially that, like I've that walking into bars or restaurants, like, like the, it, I don't know if it's the cold and going into, but like the sense, the scent of things just like the smell of walking into a place just hits you harder, I think. And it, adds to that romance Mm -hmm. what neighborhood were you in um well I did live in the dorms at Columbia the first year that I was there so I was in the south loop and then I I think I moved out to I don't know if it even has it must have a neighborhood name but I don't it was I was up by kind of near the north and Clybourne stop and just this weird industrial area yeah probably not industrial anymore but um, but at the time it was just this weird it was like by a giant miller sign i remember like yeah i used to um, because i used to live up north avenue so i knew i would walk down there and it used to be when i lived there it was just like street sex workers the whole (laughs) it was just like this and it was that was my neighborhood and that was probably similar. Was it by the exit bar where you were? I think, know that that was. Yeah, I ended up living a little like west of that. The old, the original exit was in Old Town, and that was like where Gigi Allen would play. It was like a whole yeah. different. It was like like Naked Raygun, and it was an old old. Bar. I don't. I feel like it became more of like an industrial bar over there. Hmm. Yeah, I never went in there, but I heard that's. I always just heard about Gigi Allen playing there. And- <laughs> I had friends who would go see that and I was like, why on fucking earth would you go see that? Like, like I don't want anybody through. I have two dogs. I deal with enough poop. I don't want to deal with. 
Were you entertaining the idea of music when you lived in Chicago or that was more of a, is that, is that when that started or was that more of an LA thing? Yeah, I was, I didn't really, I don't think I ever played out in Chicago. Yeah. I don't even think I did like an open mic or anything when I was there, but I was playing, I was writing songs. Um, I've always written songs since I was a kid and um, I always thought I would be a musician or knew I would be a musician, but I just didn't, I don't know. I didn't want to study music in college because it felt like um, I just had this idea in my head that it would make me less creative if I knew all the rules. So I was like, okay, I'm going to study anything but music. And then when I'm done with college, I'll go somewhere and I'll play music. So that was kind of my plan the whole time. So I didn't really play out in uh, Chicago. I played out when I moved. The first place I moved after Chicago was L.A. And um, that's when I started playing at like open mics and stuff. And then I moved to Chicago after that. What? Oh, you went to L.A.? Before? Sorry, I moved to Seattle after that. Oh. Yeah, I went to um, L.A. in between. I moved. I lived in L.A. twice. Um, but the when I, I moved there straight out of college, and then I was it was just like a miserable experience, and I left, and then I moved to Seattle, and then I came back. Yeah, L.A. can be a real motherfucker. At first. like my <laughs> when I first moved to L.A., I got my fucking ass kicked, like just yeah. like humiliated. And I, at first, like I was working and things were going great. And I was like, this town's fucking easy. And then this town went, come here for a second. <laughs> and then I was just like broke and suffering and a string of really bad relationships. Like just the fucking, and I'm no, I'm part of the problem, but I just dated the craziest people, <laughs> which I'm sure I was, there was something in me that brought that to, but did you have any experiences like that? Dating sucks yeah. in this town. Um, well, I sort of, I mean, I moved there with my like college boyfriend from Chicago. We moved there together. So, but, but yeah, that was definitely a crappy time. And, and we were living in the San Fernando Valley. I was going to ask, cause that seems to be the mistake I made. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in like on Tahunga in North Hollywood. And it was just, it was, I lived in rough neighborhoods in Chicago and this was like, was way fucking more rough. I was, yeah, I was there. I was there. Yeah. Really close to there, <laughs> North Hollywood. And yeah, it was, that was rough. I was working at a 24 hour Starbucks and it was just, it was a miserable existence. Yeah. yeah. And plus it's like, if you're in a bad mood and you're in North Hollywood and there's just fucking trash everywhere and that weird brown sky, it's just, you're yeah. like in like some kind of sci-fi novel that you don't want to read. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, and you can't walk around there. That's, I feel like that was the, I was in some bad places in Chicago, like mentally, I was just kind of like in some like lonely, hard places in Chicago, but you could always walk around, you know, and, and just kind of like feel like the world was, was huge and, and diverse and there were possibilities, you know, (laughs) but I felt like San Fernando Valley, it was like, you couldn't even really get that, you know, you'd walk around and you'd just like pass car lot after car lot and like, <laughs> it just is it so hopeless. Yeah. That's where hope goes to die, I think, or get murdered, probably gets murdered there. <laughs> yeah. When, cause and then I moved to Echo Park and then that was like, then I could walk and I was like, oh, it's okay. It's all right here. Uh-huh. And there's like some pretty homes. There's like things to look at that aren't fucking brown yeah dirty (laughs) yeah that's it's that's a totally different i mean then that's the thing that i like about la is it's there's so it's anything you want it to be you know it's just like but if you get kind of stuck in the wrong zone you can kind of lose sight of that i think yeah and that's why when people judge la who've been here for a weekend i'm like you don't fucking know you don't know anything you've been here two days and if you got stuck in the wrong neighborhood yeah it sucks yeah, I always thought, I know I have to live here for a year to know whether or not I actually like it, you know? So I gave it a year that first time and I was like, nope, I fucking hate it, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was, I don't know. I moved here like in 2001 and it was like super cheap. So it was like when I had like my place in Echo Park, it was like 500 and something, like nothing cost $500 in LA, not even cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> 
but not that I do cocaine anymore. I don't want you to think I'm like some <laughs> fucking crazy cokehead. I but uh, yeah. What, and then you. Oh, so I'm, I lost my train of thought because we were talking about. Oh, <laughs> but your family was. Are your parents are musicians, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And was that just? Was that always just sort of a? Is that where you think you got it? That you wanted to write music, or was that sort of a separate? Yeah, yeah. I think just because they—that's what they did. That's what all their friends did, and it just felt like that's what people did. You know, I just kind of grew up with that feeling that that's what people did, and that's what I would do. You know, it's the family <laughs> business. No brainer. Yeah. What kind of music were they playing? They both play a lot of like blues covers my dad writes some originals but um my dad's a keyboard player and my mom's a singer and they play in different bands now but um but yeah they both still play they play like like if you go to a bar and there's like a blues band like middle-aged you know mostly white people (laughs) (laughs) oh chicago yeah (laughs) or or certain neighborhoods of chicago yeah for sure that kind of blues for sure that's that's what they play i don't think they would be offended by that i mean that's what they do i don't know (laughs) it just it just seemed like every street fair in chicago there was like a a a I'm trying to find a nice way to say chubby, but there would be like a chubby white guy with a hat playing guitar. And it was like yeah. every street yeah. fair. <laughs> Fedora, probably. Yeah. <laughs> playing Sweet yeah, Home Chicago like no one's ever heard it before in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, there's a, have you heard the term blues lawyer? No, but I like that already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's a good description of like, yeah, that, yeah. that genre. It's like blues lawyer. Yeah, my, <laughs> my my partner waited tables at Buddy Guys for a while, and she, I was like, that must have been great. And she's like, no, most of it was just awful. And then, you know, <laughs> then there would be like Buddy Guy and a couple other dudes, but she said 90% of it was just fucking, and it was the same thing, same songs every fucking time. <laughs> oh, I, I know it. Yeah, I, I know. And when I was a kid, I was like, I hate blues music, you know, because I was just so tired of that music. And then when I got older, I realized that was like, that was just one little corner of the blues world. <laughs> Not that I hate my parents' music. I love to watch them play, but I did, I do think I heard enough of that style of blues to like last me, you know, the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate as a, <laughs> what, what became, started to become like influences for you because uh, musically that took you sort of away from what your parents were listening to. Did you have a I lot think... of, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go. <laughs> I was just curious if like, like what you get in Kalamazoo, Michigan at first. Cause yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, at the time it, it was, there was, there was a college radio station. There's a college, uh, Western Michigan university is in Kalamazoo. Um, so there was a college radio station wider and they played all kinds of stuff. Um, that like I wouldn't have heard otherwise. And I think that that's why I, I still to this day just love college radio because I grew up in a time where that was kind of how you found out about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't TV or that wasn't, you know, on like commercial radio. And um, and then I, I, I got a job where I worked with a lot of college kids, like when I was a senior in high school and, and they introduced me to like the Velvet Underground and Elliot Smith and stuff like that. So that's when I was, that was super inspiring to me because it was like, okay, you can write music that feels more personal and intimate and strange. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, what is playing on, even like the alternative rock state, you know, this kind of like shiny, um, <laughs> really produced <laughs> sounding music. Is that definitely something you, when you started writing your music that you were like, I, did you know what you wanted to sound like when you started writing music or was that just sort of a, a journey, as I say, to be sound corny? I think it was, yeah, I think it was like a journey. I think there were a couple of years where I like really wanted to sound like cat power, you know, um, like that was a huge influence when I was in college and, and then it was like, okay, like, let me find my way away from just trying to sound like cat power, which took a couple of years. <laughs> was, did you have like, a, cause you said you were like writing music and, but you didn't want to study it. I was just curious, like when did you decide like, all right, 
now's the time I'm going to start playing out. Um, I, well, I started doing open mics in LA during that crappy year when I was living in North Hollywood and I would go to McCabe's, um, out on the West side and they had an open mic there that was really fun and kind of terrifying because it was really popular and big. Um, and I played like some originals there and it went really well. And I was like, okay, I think, you know, I'm, I, I wanted to find a band, but I just didn't know how. So I moved to Seattle with the idea of like finding musicians to start playing music with in a band. Yeah. It seems uh, starting a band in LA just seems like the in, m- craziest. <laughs> I dated somebody who was trying to do the same thing and it would just like take out, it was like worse than dating. It seemed like, cause she'd ad- answer ads and go and hang out. And it was just like, and I was also like, you could it get killed. Hard. You don't even know who the fuck you're meeting. <laughs> yeah. God, I can't imagine trying to start a band that way, like through ads and yeah, it's, it sounds, it sounds really difficult. Uh, just to back up. Cause I'm curious, like, do you recall what it was like the first time you went on stage? Was McCabe's the first time you ever stepped on a stage to perform? I think, well, it was probably the same. I think I did do like one kind of show in Chicago before I left, but it was kind of, it was for like, it was just a bunch of poetry students. You know, it was like not a super, you know, it was felt like more of like a party or something. Um, And yeah, so I think McCabe's was kind of the first like public, you know, uh, kind of thing. Yeah. There wasn't, I did another open mic in LA too. On like, Oh gosh, I think it was like next to Cantor's or maybe it was even in Cantor's. I don't know. It was oh, like, like in a the kibitz room. Yeah. I think I did an open mic there. I, it's, it was so long ago. It's a, sort of a vague memory, but yeah, those were my first experiences. Was it, I don't know. I'm just curious like that. What it, the, cause I remember the first time I was on stage and it's just like the most surreal yet thrilling, but ter- it's like such a mix of th- so many things that I, I think unless you experience it, you really don't know how to, I, I don't even know how to fucking put that into words. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I just remember being really nervous and just really, you know, I think it, I think I don't remember much about it because it was so intense. It's kind of like, I think my, my blood was all in my face and just, <laughs> oh, you know, it's just kind of like blacked out for three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I definitely felt like my IQ would drop a, a good a, <laughs> many numbers when I hit stage. Hit stage? See, I just proved that my IQ dropped. <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> Just that made me, t- I mean, I'm, I'm, my brain doesn't, has its own world sometimes anyway, to begin with. But what, yeah. do you, is there a connection to why you move so much, do you think? Is it just like, is that, is there a connection? I guess I could have just shut up right there. <laughs> I think, that, yeah, I think that I, I just enjoy not getting too comfortable. I mean, I like, I like being comfy sometimes but i i i i guess i really enjoy the feeling of having a completely new environment to be inspired by and um you know the struggle of trying to figure out what's going on and trying to figure out what my place is in in this new environment and i yeah it's it's kind of an easy way i mean i know I, I don't know maybe it's not i know it's not easy for a lot of people to move but for most of my life it has been fairly easy to move just because you know even though i, I haven't never had very much money it's i i just would have been like pretty okay with that so i've been like okay like let me just like see what it's like over here like it can't be any worse than where i'm at now you know so <laughs> you're like <laughs> that's the way. yeah yeah I think I was just kind of like well let me you know just try this out and see what happens and now I'm at the place where I don't feel that drive as much I mean I think I think Seattle actually kind of cured me of that impulse a lot even though I did I have moved you know twice since living in Seattle but I I intended to leave there really quickly and I stayed there for about 11 years I think oh wow but that's when I started touring is when I lived in Seattle. So I think that that was, that was, you know, that was part of it. It was just like, okay, I'm kind of getting this out through, through tour- traveling and playing music. 
Yeah, I love being in a new city. I love being in a city I don't know, and I like I liked having moved to city because I've done it. I've moved in a lot, lived in a lot of. Don't live in Vegas. That's the only one. I'll, I'll just throw that one at you. Don't do, unless you want to find hair randomly on the street. Because that's <laughs> not kidding. Like I'd find wigs everywhere, and I, I just, I don't know, want to know what the tail is behind that. <laughs> but yeah, Vegas is dark. Vegas is dark. Like I thought I would be able to find like some sort of subculture or something, mm. and it's just, it's just, it's just a weird place, man. And the not to sound judgmental, but the people who grew up there. It's kind of a disconnect a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I think it, yeah. And plus there's like pornography everywhere. There's like people handing you pornography and it's just, um, it's just a weird thing I would think to have constantly, like as a ch- child to adulthood, to have people shoving yeah. naked people in your face all the time doesn't seem like That it. one really got me too. Yeah. The first time I went to Vegas, I was like, ah, oh, like yeah. shit. <laughs> and my apartment building which was not even near anything had sex workers in the parking lot. And I'm like, it was just like, like, God bless. I have, I'm not like judging the sex workers, but I'm like, why my apartment building? It's like, it just was like random. Yeah. Just feels so omnipresent. Yeah. Um, but anyway, did you, do, so I was going to ask, cause with now that you're, do you feel more settled with, in like Sun Valley or do you still get that itch where you're like, I'm going to get out of here? Grass Valley. Grass Valley. Sun Valley is a <laughs> shithole if I'm not mistaken. Down <laughs> yeah. in Arizona where all the old people live. <laughs> yeah. Also where hope goes to die. And hope retires and then dies there. <laughs> well, at least it gets to retire. First. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I like it here. I definitely still dream of moving sometimes, but I like it here. Um, I don't know. It's, we're really removed. Um, it's, we're just like out, out in the middle of nowhere. So, um, so it's just kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's hard to describe that. It's, um, it sounds good to be fucking honest. (laughs) It's been pretty great during the pandemic. Um, it's been like, oh, wow, this is the perfect place to be away from humanity. But um, but yeah, at times I definitely like I think the one the thing I miss most of all of just living this remotely is just like walking around in a city, you know, like like in a city like Chicago, just walking and just kind of being like, I don't know, there's something meditative about like being outside of your own brain like that, just kind of like, I'm just going to go, you know, no destination, just kind of see what happens and, and just observe, you know? Yeah. I, I miss that. Do you th- think about that? Cause I'm like, part of me wants my kids to grow up around thriving culture stuff. Like I want them to be able to go see art at the drop of a hat and yeah. music and all those things. So I'm, conf- but like, but as I get older, the less I want to deal with fucking people. So, like, so Grass Valley or Sun Valley, cause they're all dying off. Seems like, <laughs> seems like a, like that seems really like I told my wife and I'm just going to say wife. Cause uh, I got a couple goats when we got married and that's, so that's the word you, <laughs> but like, I was like the next place we get has to have acres. Like I don't want neighbors. I don't want, I don't want to deal with people. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, we looked, we were looking for a house in LA um, and we were like, it was just, it was insane, you know, like our price range was the lowest, you know, price range. (laughs) And so we, our real estate agent would humor us by showing us these places, but they'd all be like dilapidated murder shacks on the side of a cliff, you know, or like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like literally literally <laughs> i mean i don't know about the murder part but um murder like, does keep the prices down yeah <laughs> yeah it's it was just like it was like okay here's here's what you can afford you know and we, and we really considered it and even put put in an offer to for these just like completely dilapidated old shacks um and then we just like on a whim like looked at real estate in grass valley and we we're like oh we could actually like have like a legitimate house on like a whole bunch of land you know <laughs> for like way less you know than so that was kind of 
yeah, that was, it was, it was originally just kind of like, we can just afford more, let's do it. You know, and didn't really think too much about what that transition was going to be like. Um, yeah. Yeah. We moved out of LA and we live in the San Gabriel Valley because originally like four years ago, you could rent a bigger place with a yard. And now that's all fuck. Like now it's more, there's like two, three blocks are being built of luxury apartments. I'm like, first of all, who the fuck moves into these places? Like, it's just insane. Like, yeah. But I looked at places in Athens, Georgia, and I was like, we could get for half of what we pay, we could have a huge house with a huge yard. Like, what the fuck uh, are we doing? <laughs> that, that would be a pretty cool place to live, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know, not friendly, but I, like, but I know people there, and they seem thrilled with Athens, Georgia. Yeah. Do you have like that, a- that place in like Asheville, North Carolina? There's little pockets in the south where I'm like, oh yeah, it's ooh, yeah, it's but then that's, that's it's the south. That's still nothing, yeah. you know. Like it's still pretty. I don't just don't think I could deal with all the gun loving stuff. I mean, it's worse here, I think, than it is a lot of places in the south. Um, yeah, in Grass Valley and in towns like this, like small towns in California, because I think that a lot of people are like, you know, in our climate today are just kind of like rebelling against the fact that they are in a blue state. You know, <laughs> it's just kind of like it makes them even more angry that they're that they're in California and they're like, you know, yeah, it's I don't know. I think that um, I haven't lived in the South, but um, but I can't imagine it would be like less creepy in in some way like a college town you know in in georgia or north carolina than it is out here yeah as long as i had a like a, like a college town i don't know if i could live like, yeah it was, was do just in a small town was it like were they well were people welcoming or do you not deal with it was it here yeah um I mean, they, they were, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of heavy, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, it's like, a, it's a lot of things. And especially as a, you know, as a black person, it's not like, and I'm, you know, the kind of black that I am is like, what is she? Is she Mexican? Is she, you know, Asian? You know, it's like, I don't, it's, I have a different experience than my mom does who just moved out here, who is, you know, very, very clearly black. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very weird. At first I felt like I it was like, are people, is that guy staring at me? It felt, I just felt like very out of place. I could feel that. Um, and now I, I mean, I'm like, now I'm like, is it just because I leave the house less that I noticed that less? <laughs> <I'm> less. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, it's like when I first moved here, I told my friend asked me how it was. And I said, everybody here is either feeling groovy or feeling libertarian. <laughs> like, like hippies or like these crazy, like, you know, the people that they all kind of, a lot of them kind of look like hippies, but they're on like, it's like the political circle, you know, it's like both ends. It's like of white people. It's like the super, you know, the yoga, you know, like food co-op hippies and the like back to the land. Like I'm afraid of society. I'm prepping for the end. You know, it's like kind of real similar. Um, Yeah. There's both of those groups here. And they deceive you because they all, you, you see someone and you're like, Oh, you're probably like a leftist hippie. Oh, nope. Nope. You're not. Okay. Like now you can't, I feel like fashion used to be able to like navigate who was what. And now everybody, just looks either you, you can't tell yeah it's it's, <laughs> i want to know who the assholes are by their hats yeah, i mean that's a good lesson though it's like of course you can't tell you know like <laughs> i don't like i think for me it's been pretty eye-opening because like some of my neighbors are big trump supporters and i think when i lived in la or certainly when i lived in seattle i kind of assumed that people like that were, you know, bad people (laughs) or mean or, um, had ill intention toward me, you know, as like a woman of color, but 
and being out here, I'm like, I, it's, I definitely see a, a more nuanced, you know, I have a nuance, more nuanced view of society than I did when I lived in a city, just cause I've had to interact with people that have totally different views from me. And I realized, Oh yeah, this guy is like an NRA member and he's like a really cool neighbor, you know, <laughs> um, who like helps us with things when we need help. So it's, yeah, it's, I know it's been a lot of things. It's like, I could talk about, you know, yeah, that the sort of transition to living out here for a long time, but it's been mostly pretty cool and eye opening and, and sometimes isolating and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. <laughs> I feel like that it, the way it's portrayed often is very, the nuance is not there. It's very much like we're all going to kill each other. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, I have Trumpers in my family. Do I speak to them? Not so much, but they're there. And I have a culturally mixed family with, you know, gay people and everything. And I'm just like to the Trumpers, I'm like, you like, you see what's over here, right? You're like voting against your entire, entire family, but they just don't, but it doesn't mean they don't, lo- I don't know if you know what I mean. It's just fucking maddening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like people just don't understand. I mean, I think that in the same way that I say my, um, like my world was broadened in that way by living out here. A lot of my neighbors, I think that they, they think that everybody lives in a city is just like this crazy, um, you know, libtard or whatever. Um, (laughs) Sex sex anarchists. That was the thing that was last week. Yeah. Anarchists. Yeah. Antifa. And they think that black people are just like complaining for no reason. You know, they just don't know, you know, cause they, cause they grew up in a town where if you grew up in a town where there's not a lot of diversity, you, you just like, yeah, you're, you're going to be ignorant about, about, um, what it's like for other groups of people. And it's not, um, a lot of times it's not malicious. It's just total. It's just ignorance. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Is there like a downtown? Is there a place you can go hang out or is it just like, or is it just a general store? (laughs) Yeah. General store. Yeah. There's, there is a downtown. I don't like to hang out there. It's not very interesting, (laughs) 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 but people do, you know, people come from the Bay area to like, shop for candles, you know, because kind of <laughs> <laughs> we, I would rather live in Northern California climate, like weather wise. It's, I want to live in like Arcata. I think that's how mm-hmm. you say it. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a whole different ecosystem. That's like, it's always gray and rainy. It's kind of like the Pacific Northwest up there. Yeah. I'm down. Uh, Alicia Ambragio from, uh, no, I'm forgetting what band she's in. Magic Markers is up there, her and her partner. And I'm like, they're trying to convince me to move up there. And I'm like, I want to. Up there. Yeah. It's nice to be that close to the ocean. Yeah. That would be great. I just, uh, too much sun can fuck itself. Too much. Oh yeah. Where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it's like, it's been rainy today. And I'm like this for like a month would be great. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. But do you want that for eight months? Because that's the question. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, it's not Chicago winter. So that's, I feel like I could survive anything if I grew up in Chicago winter. How many Chicago winters did you get? Um, Well, they're kind of the same as Michigan winters. Oh, right. That's right. Michigan's probably worse. 20, 21, 21 years. And um, to get, did you have an album coming out? You had an EP come out and then you have an album come out in two days. Yeah. It's just an album. Yeah. But it's like the way it shows up on Spotify is like uh, when you release singles, it like looks like an EP, but it's all from the same uh, album. Oh, it is. Okay. I didn't know if it was, do you had an EP? Cause some people, you know, EP, you know, yeah. People say people get it wrong and then, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to yeah. get it wrong, so I'm glad. Are you going to yeah. tour? Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of tours. Tour, uh, see, next week? Yeah, next week is kind of the, the beginning of our touring. And is, is, is are you taking the kid with you? I'm not. I I thought that I would. Well, like when I was pregnant, I was like, I'm taking this kid everywhere. Um, and then he became a toddler. And I was just like, I don't think I can do that to him. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, he doesn't I want to eat the hummus backstage every night? 
<laughs> he actually loves us, but, <laughs> but no, I think that I just think, I just think it's a bad age for it. I, I hope that I can take him on tour when he gets older. I took him when he was a baby and it was totally fine, but it feels like a, the wrong time. Cause he's just, you know, very, very moody. So I can't imagine like an eight hour van ride every day. Oh yeah. That would be fucking hell. I mean, it's hell to sometimes yeah. just go to the grocery store with a kid. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't for all the driving, I think, um, I think I would, I would just take him cause I hate to leave him, but yeah, we're just trying to figure out what, like my partner's on tour right now. Um, and then when he gets back, I'm going to go and we're just kind of trying to stagger it like that for now. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, to be like, when was the last time you saw him? Uh, well, he just left a couple of days ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's, it's hard. It's, it's uh, the thing that I always come back to though, is that when we're, when we are here, we spend 24 seven with him. So it's like, it feels like more time. I'm actually spending more time with him than if I had like a eight, nine to five, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I'm not for half the time, you know, like when I'm home, I'm here for like all the hours that he's awake, you know, like, and all the hours that he's asleep. And it's just like, you know, it's a lot of time. <laughs> um, so it feels like it evens out, but yeah, eventually I'd love to take him. Yeah. I took a nine to five job when I first had, the, when I had the first kid and it was like, cause that was that thing of like, I guess I should be responsible now, which I'm not cause I ended up quitting. <laughs> but yeah. then, and I went back to working freelance and it's just like to be able to spend, like I spent the first couple years with my daughter, both of them. And I just feel like most dads don't get that. And most kids don't have that connection to their both parents. Cause we both have been home and it's like, I feel really fucking lucky that my kids know me. And probably don't like me because they know me. <laughs> like, yeah. Get a fucking job, guy. <laughs> um, I, w- I want to thank you for your time. Oh, yeah. It's my pleasure. for listening to conversations with the wire please become a patreon subscriber if you like also subscribe to the show on your itunes or what have you not and tell your friends about the show that would mean a lot to me as well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or the mattdwire.com or conversations with the wire at the instagram and you could learn more about the show buy merch and all those great things thank you very much for listening